are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. We are definitely living in the last days. Before the trump of God shall sound, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. It's amazing how we'll believe all the Star Wars and all these things in life, but we won't believe that Jesus is coming again. When he comes again, there'll be tribulation on planet Earth for seven years. Scorpions will evade, water will be turned to blood, the sun, the moon, the stars, there'll be wormwood, the Bible declares. There'll be anarchy, there'll be bloodshed. One battle alone, one third of men will all die. There'll be famine in the land you won't be able to buy or sell without the mark of the beast on your hand, on your forehead. You say, well, I, I'm not saved and I'm not getting saved, but when that happens, I'll get saved. Oh no, Second Thessalonians said, you'll be sent into strong delusion. If you reject Jesus Christ in this day of grace, when the tribulation comes, you will not get saved. You will doom yourself to a place called hell for all eternity. And there is a hell. I know most churches don't believe it any longer, but the word of God still declares it. And in hell, he lifted up his eyes, being in torment. There is a hell. There is a heaven. Heaven can be won not by going to church and not by getting baptized and not by giving the offering, but heaven can be won by admitting I'm a sinner. Jesus died for sinners and I place my faith and trust in Christ alone. Now as we await for that day, my dilemma and your dilemma is what I see the church weakening like never before. This day in which I pastor and I love it, and I hope God lets me to go by way of the rapture, but in 2019, it's a lot harder today than it was in 1976 when I came. The mouths of God's people are out of order. I don't know if social media has caused it or what, but it seems like the average Christian cannot go a day without being critical, without murmuring, without complaining, without gossiping, without giving an opinion. God's people are becoming too vocal. I think of the Christian school, I think of the college, I think of this church. It, you can add up a, several decades and in a week's time that will add up to more than it was in dec decades in the past. People just sort of thought the Christian school was an asset to our lives and a blessing. But now we all have all these pundits and all, all animists and you fight and, and oppose everything. College the same. I, I still want to go on record. I, when we start this college, we start with a King James Bible and that's not changing. We believe in separation, that's not changing. Uh, the church is not changing. Now the world may change. I see our mouths, are, uh, God's people are so out of control. I see our morals are out of control. We watch things, we see things, we say things. The internet's invaded our homes, our lives, our cell phones. And the morals, it's just, it's, it's, it's just a daily thing what we're dealing with is sin and, and it's entered the church. 
I think as we look at what's happening, our manners are gone. All dignity is gone. Respect for the things of God. I watched, we just had a funeral here. Everybody came so, so nice looking. Thank God, whatever, however you came to church today. But I mean, I think about honoring the dead. People show up in sandals and blue jeans and shorts and t-shirts and weddings. All dignity is gone. All respect is gone. I've been to see the last two presidents, last uh, uh, two out of the three presidents on several occasions. And I'll tell you what, when I go to Washington, D.C., I'm going to see the president. And yet we, it's getting quiet in here now, because we believe that everything is casual with God. If I get time for the big man upstairs, I'll take time for him. If I don't have time Sunday, I'll do my Saturday night thing. But Jesus Christ, Colossians 4, 3 says, is our life. It should not be a Sunday thing. You boys that were playing with your phones and video games last week, while I was preaching the Word of God, you're in your 20s, you know better. Folks that are texting during church, you know better. Give God, give God 30 minutes of preaching. I mean, I know it's a big thing to ask. We are living today, our mouths, our manners, our, our, our morals, our muscle is weak. It seems like we will stand against the work of God more than we'll stand for the work of God. Pastor preach and he'll say something nationwide, worldwide. Thus saith the Lord. I don't believe that. I have a problem with that. Everybody's a political analyst. Everybody's a Bible scholar. I'm not saying that you're smarter than me. And maybe Bible subjects are smarter, more intelligent. I'm just saying we are seeing the church weaken. Take it from an old guy that's been preaching almost 50 years. I'm two years away from it. I've watched this thing nationwide weekend. I've watched these churches that were large, aggressive, soul-winning, separated churches, and the leader dies, and the churches are sitting empty today. I'm telling you, the church is the institution that God is going to use in these last days to preserve humanity. I think of how we're the salt of the earth, but when the salt has lost its savor, we're good for nothing. The resistance, that's why all this antichrist will be so easy to invade the world because when the Christians leave and are raptured out, the Holy Spirit goes also. And the Holy Spirit and the New Testament church and God's people are the resistors against evil. But when that is gone, you watch, everything will break loose on planet Earth. This text before us tells us to the church, God's people, as John writes, he said, I want you to see Satan's traps. Satan's trying to trap your life today. He's trying to trap my life. And so often I find that he succeeds on the pathway of life. He's trying to trap you today. You young teenagers, your list is so great. He's trying to trap you. You teenagers down here, he's trying to trap you. Oh, the church, the rules, the Bible, all this. And you have liberty, you have freedom, you have grace. And the devil, he gets us to do wrong. And then he beats us up with the wrong we've done. There's a trap here. John's dealing with it as he's speaking to these people, this generation that's going to face a day that the world's never faced before. He speaks to us in chapter number two. 
and verse 15. Four words we begin with. Love not the world. That's an easy one to understand. I know nowadays you have to have these new modern versions to figure that out. But I wonder what these four words mean. Love not the world. He mentions in these three verses the world six times. Love not the world. God's people ought not to have a love, a desire, a cessation, a a plan to love the world. God says love not the world. What is the world? The world is that word cosmos, which just simply means it's a system. It's a philosophy. It is what the world's government, it's anti-God. And God says don't love the system of this world. Don't, don't, lo- don't love the philosophy of this world. But it seems that our purpose to be accepted to the community is to be able to mirror the world to attract people. I want to tell you clearly as I can, with as much respect as I can, my goal is never to attract the community, to attract people to the gospel. God's word said, Jesus said, I will build my church. The purpose of this church is to preach the word, preach the gospel, sound doctrine, give the gospel to this area, to this region, and if God allows the church to grow, so be it. That's God's order. Love, not the world. Don't go after Satan's system. Anything that's opposed to God's system is a trap. Neither the things that are in the world. There's a second time you find that system. Don't you get all excited about grabbing these things of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Satan's going to try to trap us with this world. I'm a Christian, but to be, I'm at least going to heaven, but to, to live like a Christian, I'm missing out on everything. I'm missing out on amusement. I'm missing out on drinking. I'm missing out on drugs. I'm missing out on immorality. I'm missing out on incest. I'm missing out on pornography. I'm missing out. I have to dress like Christians, act like Christians, walk like Christians, talk like Christians. I don't want to be that way. I want to be saved and go to heaven. But I, I, that's, that's the part of God I want. But I don't want God's system. I don't want God's philosophy. I want to do what I want to do, and I like what the world has to show me. I know you're not going to like it. I'll illustrate it. About 3.30 yesterday afternoon, and I I can't tell you if in my entire life I've ever been in a mall on a Saturday. But I have a high school senior girl visiting us. I ran home, and I said, we'll go to the store, and I'll pick you up something. She needs some tennis shoes. And I'll tell you what, for me, it was such a privilege to be with that little precious 17-year-old girl. I loved it. And she said, Papa, look at this place. I mean, we couldn't find a parking stall. And when we finally did, we walked and walked and walked and got in. And then we're running through the mall, running as fast as we can. We had about 30 minutes. And I tell you what, everywhere I looked, every store I saw, and I know, oh, he's against everything in life. I feel like it. It was just the world. The world's dress, the world's attitude, the world's philosophy. Everything looked like the world. As I looked everywhere, I'm not suggesting you cannot go to a mall. 
especially when it's my birthday, go. <laughs> but I would say this. You know what I'm talking about. This world, it's, you turn your radio on, the music, it just the music is the world. You turn the television on, it's the world, it's philosophy. I wonder, I don't know, I don't know on, on television programming. I wonder, is there a program where there's a husband and married to a lady and a children and they're sitting down in a meal together and that's part of life? I've told our church for 44 years almost now, you raise good children from a dinner table. But our families don't have time. We have a new family that's been described for us by the world. And the new family, what's ever on TV, would have to be that the husband's a dummy. He's stupid, he's ignorant. He doesn't know anything. And it has to be a lady that knows everything. Don't get mad at me. Has to be kids that are doing their own thing. And God says, love not the world. Love not, that's so simple to understand, don't love it. Neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father's not in him. And so now the traps. And we get to the next verse. Notice what he says. For all that is in the world. Stop right there. All that's in this world. What is the word church? It is a Greek word, ekklesia. And it means to be called out. To be called in. Called, we're called out of this world. We don't live as a recluse. That's why I love Sunday. We've been called out of that mess out there. And we've been called into a place, a safe harbor with songs and hymns and spiritual songs and the word of God and fellowship with God's people honoring God with a love gift and an offering plate and shaking hands with one another and talking to one another. I feel so refreshed going to God's house. I love it because I'm called out and I'm called into. And the Bible says, if all that is in the world, and it gives us the first trap, the lust of the flesh. The word lust is that word craving. And God says when we crave the flesh, what is the flesh? Carnality. I preached on that a few weeks ago as we're speaking on revival in the last many months. And God says when, when we have a love for carnality or self-interest. It's all about me. Instead of an interest toward God, we have fallen trapped the lust of the flesh. We begin to allow the world to set our boundaries philosophically. We allow the world to set our boundaries and convictions. And, and, and whatever it might be, it might be appearance, it might be attitude. It might be our, uh, our philosophy, which is our sum of ideas. And then preachers, you know exactly what I am. These preachers in this auditorium and God's people, a man of God says up and stands up and says, this is the conviction that we believe from the word of God. That's where the battle begins. And it no longer just begins with God's people. It begins with the preachers that watch the service and say, okay, here's where they're wrong. And a man of God ought to stand for something. My dear preacher friends, I love, you're watching in 110 countries. When was the last time that you stood for something on the word of God instead of stood against the preachers trying to keep people right? It was the last time you stood 
for the blood atonement, for the, the, the inspiration of the scriptures? When's the last time you stood for the church? When's the last time you stood for convictions or the authority of the New Testament local church? When's the last time you stood for a man of God? When's the last time you stood for believers' baptism? When was the last time you stood for the home? The Bible says, for the lust of the flesh. So sad when I see today the flesh entering the world. My wife's uncle, and he was not a Baptist, and he wasn't considered a fundamentalist. He just died at about 100, and he was a good man. Taught in a theological seminary in Chicago. He was a good man that loved the Lord. I'm certain I would seem radical to him, but we loved him. He's a good, great, godly man. Served God his entire life. That man who would think that I'm a little bit right wing wrote a book from the book of Jude, an incredible book. What in the world has gotten into the church? He takes you from Jude where this world's going to creep into the church. I don't want the world in here. You want nightclub music, you can take care of that on Saturday night. Want a rock band, you can take care of that at a rock concert, and I'm not advertising for those. But there's nothing wrong with it. Here it is, a fountain filled with blood. Satan traps us with the lust of the flesh. It's all about me. Like secondly, what he does, the lust of the eyes. The lust of the eyes. Oh, how we must guard our eyes. Our eyes are the gateway to the, to the mind. And when our mind gets affected, everything else in life, I've got to have that. I see that. I look, I like that look. I look, and, and all of a sudden we get, we get so wrapped up with the lust of the flesh and the lust in the eyes. It was a lot that he looked, lifted up his eyes and saw the well-watered plain of that region and said, I want Sodom. I want that because his eyes feasted on him. It was Achan that lifted up his eyes and he saw a Babylonian garment and silver and he said, I want it. And he took it and he hid it. It was a man by the name of David. Well, I cannot even touch the hem of his garment. Such a godly man. But one day he didn't go to the battle like he did all other years. And in first, 2 Samuel 11, he went and was walking. He couldn't sleep at night. And he walked and he saw, the Bible says, a beautiful woman, Bathsheba. And he saw her bathing herself. And he looked at it with his eyes. He looked at it with his eyes. And he lusted with his eyes. And he took her to be his own. We sang, I think it was a week or two ago, in elementary chapel. Oh, be careful, little eyes. What you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above, he's looking down in love. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Job said, I'm going to set up a watch on my eyes. I'm going to guard my eyes. I, I want you to know that the devil is going to use our eyes to get on the, uh, uh, looking at other people. Look what they have. We don't have it, so we're going to go after that. Look, look how fun there. Look, look in life. Look at the play. Look at the entertainment. Look at the amusement. Look at all they get to do. And because they do that, we want to do it. And we spend money we don't have to impress people we don't even like. 
You know, none of us are exempt. I told my class a few weeks ago, my wife has almost said, you cannot go to Costco because I need everything in there. <laughs> and we can get three for the price of one anywhere else. And I go there and I drag it home and she said, now where am I gonna put this? I don't know, I guess I know a good place it could go. I'll eat it. Man, I love that store. All God's people said, thank you. How many like my wife is not, are you not really sold on it? Thank you. Only one person in this church against it, hon, and it's you. I need to go to Costco. I hadn't been there in months. And I went, Brother Tim was visiting us a few weeks ago. And um, that Costco meat is good stuff. And she said, I said, I'll go get the meat. I'll go get the meat. I ran over there to get the meat. She goes, now, I mean, I'm a grown man. I'm 36 years of age. I'm a grown man. I don't need to be bossed around by a wife. And she said the last thing, not I love you, drive carefully. She says, now, don't drag home anything else but the meat. I wish I could be in charge of my home. My dad used to tell me all the time, he said, son, I'm the head of the house, but your mother's the next and she turns everything around all the time. <laughs> I'm certain that's true. You know, I, it, when we got saved, our flesh did not get saved. There's a second story I like and I think, I think it's imperative for every man to be there often. Lowe's. I'm talking about Lowe's. Now, some of you are Home Depot men. That's okay, too. It's a lot better than going to Gucci and I'm trying to think of a lady's store. The Dress Barn. Why do they call it the Dress Barn? Is that still around, the Dress Barn? I hope I don't get sued for this. I, I'm just, hey, ladies, come to the barn. What's that telling you? That's not an appropriate thing for ladies. Come to the dress barn? You've got to be kidding me enough of that. Let's go back to Lowe's. <laughs> I can't go in those stores unless I have a gift card. I just, I'm not possible. You say, why? Are you not disciplined? Exactly. <laughs> I go by those tools and I'll not even use them. But boy, I tell you what, it starts down in my feet and I start feeling it. I know I need it. And I just walk through, I go through garden, I need everything in the garden. I go through home, I, 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 I go through everything except for two areas. Like, well, yeah, I like the electrical, the plumbing. I don't know anything about plumbing, I'm not gonna learn it. But I like every one of those. I can go up and down every aisle. Early in our marriage, I'd shop with my wife. I don't understand the way ladies shop. I gave up on it. it, it I'd rather work in a ditch all day long, digging eight hours and go shopping for clothes with a woman. I, I don't even know how to do it. But, but my wife, is, she's this way. She, she has to touch every garment. <laughs> you ladies laugh because you're the same way. I said, honey, that's not even near your size. That's, that, that's a large, that's not, yeah, I know, but she goes, I gotta look. I said, why? She goes, mom, maybe the color. 
And then I'll find a way. I said, you gotta, that's a waste of time. Here's how a man goes in. You know how a man, um, a man goes in and just stand back for about five seconds. And you eliminate everything right there. That's the one right there. And you buy it. Sort of like buying the Christmas tree, which you are going to do from the lot out here on December the 2nd. You go to buy a Christmas tree, it doesn't take all night to do that. That's the right one. Let's get it. Let's go. I'm talking about my flesh is so weak. I'm fairly, fairly disciplined when it comes to my diet. I, I, I really work at it all the time. Sugar and all those things. The bridge men invited to their, uh, to their home on a Sunday night. That afternoon, I know, man, they can, they just, they know how to, and I, I, and, and I looked, I said that afternoon, I'm going to be disciplined. I'm going to eat like maybe little vegetables there. So I'm not going to eat anything sweet. And it lasted all that afternoon, that desire. And during church and after church Sunday night, we were going over there, parked the car, everything was fine, opened the door, I started losing it. <laughs> I started looking at the plates and plates and plates of homemade desserts and all this stuff. I think that was two weeks ago Sunday night. And I ate everything, <laughs> twice. And I went to bed about midnight that night, and I saw one o'clock and two o'clock, and that's when the headaches started coming. But I said, at least I enjoyed it while I had it, you know? <laughs> and three o'clock and four o'clock, I said, 4.30, I might as well just get up. And because of the bridgements in this church, I lost a night of sleep. That's why I look like this, because of the bridgements. Write their name down, B-R-I-D-G-M-A-N. You want to get invited to their home. And when they invite you, invite us as well. Don't you? I get so weary with me. My flesh is so weak. It may not be things like that. It might be another area in your life. Because the flesh, if we feed it, it will control us. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and then he said the third trap is the Pride of life. And your pride, your pride, your pride may be like this. I, I'm just, I'm a no good servant of the Lord. This is not humility. This is arthritis. And the best of people in this room, from the pulpit to the pew, from the pastor to the people, we all have pride. Some it might be the humility pride, some may be the, the arrogant pride, but we all possess pride. And the Bible says the trap, he's gonna trap us is the pride of life. Look at my toys, look at my pleasures, look at my clothes, look at my freedom. Look at, look at my money. Look what I get to do even, and I'm a Christian. I get to do all that. Look, look, I don't want any restraint. I'll, 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 I'm so, I'm so, so proud of what God has done for me. I'll take a selfie. Look at, 
look at my nails, look at my hair, look at my shoes, look at my clothes, look at me. And we post it all day long. It's called selfie. And predominantly, I would imagine if I knew how to do Facebook or Twitter or whatever you call it, I, I, if I knew how to do it, I'd probably be embarrassed by how much we promote ourselves. That's the pride of life. But God's word says in Romans 12, verse 2, and be not conformed to this world. Don't let this world squeeze you in, but be transformed, be different. You know, kids in the public school tomorrow when you go to school, they're not necessarily looking at you to carry a family Bible in there and say, I'm a, I'm a Christian, you heathen. But, but, but they're looking for someone that has the joy of the Lord on their face, that has some hope in their life. I know you're in the public school this week. Brother, Brother Russ is preaching to the teenagers in a local high school here. It goes quite often. And we even prayed because there, there's some things that have happened on that campus that God's got to use them this week while he's there to preach to those kids but their hearts are so broken. Uh, your classmates up there and down here, they ought to see not a phony, but a person that really wants to live for God. A person that, that this world is so, so tired of looking and searching for answers. God says, don't be conformed to this world. God says in James 4, 4, friendship with this world is enmity against God. We begin to mirror this world, its philosophy, and everything that this world encompasses. God says that, that, that is friendship with the world. God says in James 1, 27, keep yourself unspotted from the world. The world wants to taint us, spot us. But Brother Trevor, it seems like we're against everything. Oh, no. We just have a book that guides us. And this book will put the joy of the Lord in your heart. For in thy presence is fullness of joy forevermore. The world can do their best to give you external happiness. And they can do a good job with Disneyland and, and all the various things that we can do in life and enjoy it and have a good time and eateries and those are maybe great things. But that's just temporary happiness. But if you want joy, real joy, let Jesus come into your heart. Jesus, Jesus is the author of joy. Joy comes from within, it doesn't come from without. You know, may I say how it's all summed up, these three traps is the, in the next verse. Would you look at it with me? The world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. How's your appetite for the will of God? Amen. Parents, are you even willing to let your kids go serve him anywhere in this world? To take the gospel to the world, but oh no, they're my kids. I don't want them on foreign soil. I don't want them in the ministry. After all, I'm looking forward to the day they could take care of us. But that's the lust of the flesh. That's the pride of life. That's the lust of the eyes, what someone else can do for me. Jesus did it all. And in this life, if you're going to make it, and I know that most won't, 
Because some dureth for a while, the Bible says, but most quit on God. And our first step is, I don't like church anymore. I don't like that church. That's the step in the wrong. So, but I'm going to go to, I know, I know. It's the first step. I'm watching people right now that I know you're on my, you're on my radar. I'm praying for you. That I don't, see, I don't see you married in five years. You see yourself married, but I don't see it. I'm watching you. He's not going to put up with it, honey. She's not going to put up with it, sir. I see so much destruction as I pastor churches. I've, I've been at this thing a long time here. And then you're always amazed. This, this family made it. They just stayed true. Most don't. He said, then why do you do it? Because God gave me a mission and a task to fulfill. Jeremiah had zero success after 42 years. And Isaiah, after 61 years, had zero success in his ministry. But he kept preaching the word of God. And I, I pastor the greatest church in the world. But I know most won't make it. And I know the emails will fly. And the attacks will fly. That's part of the territory these days. So I have to guard myself with the lust of my flesh, with my lust of my eyes, and with the pride of life. Or else I get looking here instead of looking unto Jesus. I want to sing more about him the older I get. I want to praise him more the older I get. I don't want to have the worship song where I, I worship you, I, all about me. I want it to be about Crown him with many crowns. Oh, hail the power of Jesus' name. How great thou art, the, the fairest Lord Jesus, ruler of all nature. I want it to be about him. I challenge it, God's people today. I played with you all this Sunday morning. Could we guard Satan's traps? He's trapped me so many times. I'm not exempt. If there's ever a time I've asked God's people to pray for your pastor, it's these days. Say, are you discouraged? Oh, every day there's discouragement in my life, but I'm encouraged in him. There's no such day, there's not a day, there's not a day that goes without discouragement. Much of it's negative. But oh, I love it more today than ever. I hope God gives me another Sunday. And then another, and January 1st, another year. Oh, I want to live. But I do know that things are going to wax worse and worse. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.